how can you help someone else's life become a little bit easier? doesn't mean you have to stop your whole life and what you're doing and, you know, make them your passion project. But for the short period of time we have with each connection that we have, like, why not? If that's your last moment with them, you never know. But I just try to treat each experience like that. If that's my last hour I ever have with them, even better what is, you found them. how do you leave them better than when you found them? I like this conversation you guys had. Go yeah. Talk about Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, when you think man, that's a, that's yeah, a man it's a man sport. sport. Right? It is a man sport. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm going to try to go down to that lower weight class, but I'm, we'll I'm see. excited. Like, I honestly think that you have such great technical talent in it. And if you can get that slight, almost pound for pound advantage, that's game over. That'd be cool. I mean, you know. I, I think so too. I, I always feel better. I mean, it always feels better to be the bigger guy, but yeah, well, you know, I don't have that much. I mean, I got plenty of weight to lose, so I think it'll be fine. I think I can lose 10. You're acting like you use a heavyweight. I mean, I got Are you 270. <laughs> no, you 270. Are you 270? I'm not super, super heavyweight. Heck yeah. yeah. The, the <laughs> super heavy. <laughs> Some of the guys sent me yesterday. So we have this purple belt group that's uh, Dustin, Kelso, and Dan. And uh, Kelso sent me. This, like, I think it's an AI Arnold Schwarzenegger where he was like, if you weigh below 200, you're a victim. And they put that in the group <laughs> chat. I'm the only one who weighs below 200. And I was like, this is bullshit. I see Sanders and Junior, and they all start laughing. I was like, I'm never going to be over 200 pounds. No. Like, that's not going to happen unless it's I. It's tough when you're 5'8, oh. bro. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. you don't think how big we'd have. You think what 30 pounds of muscle would look like? Yeah. 30 pounds of muscle scary. is so much. We wouldn't be moving well. Ooh. No, I'd be, well, yeah. and you, you would have no like, cardio. Oh, forever yeah. victim, right? Really? Forever victim, right? Oh, victim. The laps are going to be out to <laughs> you. That's why we do jujitsu. You're not going to be able to wipe your ass. Right. And you, yeah, it's just like you wouldn't be able to move. I'd have no cardio. Yep. So, I mean, I've, you know, there was a time where I weighed like, I was consistently like waking up like 55. And I was, that's crazy. Pretty slim. And then that was all before the knee surgery. And after I had the knee surgery, all I did was just like lift weights for well, you just finished you know, three, four months. hard at that point. Right? Or was it a little bit before that? Uh, no. Well, it was a little bit before. Yeah, I think we finished 75 hard in like like November time. And then I tore my knee in February. And so I was like probably like 155, between 155 and 160 before that. And then I tore the knee. And then I did nothing but lift up her body for like three months. Yeah. while I, And do my knee rehab stuff. And I like... I forgot about that. Gained quite a bit of... I mean, I just kind of have yeah. never lost the weight again. But I've yeah. I felt pretty strong like on the mat. So, I mean, well, so it, what was interesting when I did that 75 hard, honestly, I think it really, yeah. Cause you just finished I, recently, I right? Thought I competed on the last day of 75 hard and the two weeks prior to that tournament, I was nursing injuries where the, the issue I was having was how to train less. So I wasn't going into it injured, which I still then went into it injured and blew out my Achilles the second match. And just like the adrenaline took over to keep going, but I was limping, uh, like, the entire two, three hours between matches. And I was so frustrated because 75 hard was great in ways for a good reset, but it got me so lean. And I think there's a perfect balance. We forget of like, okay, cool. Congrats. You look in shape and you're cut and shredded and all this stuff. But I think we have this weird, um, we have this idea that like what is being healthy and what is being in shape. and I think there's a certain threshold where it's like, yeah, you, you're probably carrying more weight than you need to to be healthy, but there's also a certain threshold of 
is it healthy to be that lean? And I got to a point where my tendons and my bones and my muscles were just not recovering at the same level when I was in the high 170s where I would leave and I'd come back every day just like feeling brittle and just well, you have cracking. No, no recovery. You know? Yeah, you know? I just I mean, couldn't the recover the same. You go yeah. you know, two and a half months yeah. without, you know, I mean, I've done 75 hard three times. Yeah, I mean, I've finished it three times, and every single time, I mean, you by the end of it, you're feeling a little beat up, you know. Oh, <laughs> like, abused. well, yeah. that's the thing. So, like, I'm depending not, on how you train during it, you know. So, right. I'm, I'm I don't do jujitsu. I love the sport. I love watching it, and I love watching UFC and mixed martial arts. But like with baseball, I mean, it's they didn't want us ripped or jacked. And and I think there was a, an article or an interview with Roger Clemens where he's like, "I'm the most efficient." And the, and the best in longevity wise, when I'm carrying an extra with fat, because fat protects your muscles. Yep. And so like, especially in a sport where both of us, uh, jujitsu and baseball, it's a joint, it gets heavy on your joints and you need that extra layer of protection around your muscles that are supporting those joints. And it's one of the, it's just for me, like when I got down the slimmest that I was, I think I was around 10 or 12% body fat. Like I've never been a jacked guy. I've always carried a little bit of fat on me and a lot, but that's the thing though, is in baseball, the only time I ever got hurt was a freak accident when I hyperextended my knee and broke my leg. Like yeah. that was the only time I ever got hurt muscle wise. Like I was always able to bounce back and they always like, Oh, you have a rubber arm. And it's just like, well, one, I've always took really good care of my shoulders, but two, me carrying an extra little bit of fat on my body helped protect those muscles and gave me the longevity to last Yep. through things like that. And, and I feel like that's kind of the, the same. Like you look at some of these UFC guys, they're not jacked or, or they're, they've got, they're carrying, some of them are obviously, but a lot of these guys, you know, when you're watching it, they've got a little bit of, a little bit of fat to them. Oh, yeah. and that's, that's protecting that muscle. And that's something that's like a good rule of thumb in jujitsu or MMA or whatever. You cannot judge the person on their body, oh. you know, cause yeah. it's, it's like, it could be so deceiving. Cause you get guys that look like Connor who look like bodybuilders. And then you get guys that are like Nate Diaz who look skinny fat. That, that but, was how the know, last like, guy, the last guy I went against was the most unintimate, transparent, unintimidating looking guy, super tall and all that very calm, casual guy. And the minute we started going, I could tell he's an MMA fighter he's yeah. hand fighting everything. You know, there's guys who look way scarier who I can just shut down and they can't take me down for shit. And then this guy just could not, you know, he had the upper hand on the stand up and it just shows that body. That's the beautiful thing of MMA, though, is styles make matches. For sure. Um, you know, there are people who are so technically talented all around where it's like, OK, I don't care what style you have. I can match it on a high level. But most people in jujitsu, I think that's what, you know, the average to the higher level guy, not the like gifted, unique people who can just do everything. Nick Matea. Yeah. <laughs> who, well, and he also um, just looks like a freak, too. That yeah. I like mean, yeah. You get guys who are just like their brain figures out everything like that. And but everyone else, we naturally have our style. And it's just so interesting to see, you know, I kick this guy's ass. He kicks that guy's ass. That guy kicks my ass. And it's this triangle of like, I can't shut his thing down. He shuts it down. But but I can beat that guy with my thing, you know. It's yeah. Like, and that's what makes it fun is because it, no matter how far you get, I think with any sport, there's always that one person who has your number or mm-hmm. 
where you're like, how do I figure this out? It keeps you humble. It's so true. Cause like, I, you know, me and Nick will talk a lot cause he's like my main training partner and we'll like talk about, you know, rounds that we had like, Oh, I had a yeah. good one with him. Oh, he got me in this or whatever. And I'll, you know, it's funny cause like, we'll, we'll talk about it and it's like, we'll have very different experiences with different people, you know? And oh, yeah. just, cause it's just exactly what you're talking about where the styles make matchups. Speaking of which, back in the day, not back in the day, but like probably in the last couple of years, you see the, because it's on point with what you're talking about. Did you see the, I think it's Tuivasa versus Gane fight? Yeah. That's an, that that guy's an example of someone who's very deceptively looks overweight and out of shape. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, Tuivasa? You, yeah. yeah. But you have this. I think I'll chuck a beer over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does the shoey every time. But you, yeah. but you have this this huge jacked monster, which Cyril yeah. Gane is a monster oh, to look man. at. Yeah. And the dude held his own for most of the fight until he just Got clocked. Right. Well, dude, that's times. the thing at heavyweight, man. It just it just takes one. I mean, yep. those days are literally just swinging hammers at each Unless other. Unless you're John, John Jones. Jones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much one human being who's like, I don't need to be. I mean, it's crazy how thin and light his legs are. And it's just, you know, body types are deceiving. What's so interesting, too, is in those sports where it's taking so many different factors of athleticism and mental capability. And that there's certain styles of bodies that just work well for certain things. You know, you look at someone and you're like, like every time Remington and I go, he is, he has, he is so technical with me and wiry with it where I know the way he's built, it works great. I can't do that oh, style yeah. with like him. Like his, his game I is keep so it heavy. I put as much pressure as I can, you know, and that's where it's like, you just, the thing that's also really cool is. And I also forgot what level we are in jujitsu. Not my last tournament because I came in there and I'm like, you know, like I just started setting five hard. Like even though I I didn't feel the injuries in my leg at the time, but like coming in there, I'm like unstoppable in my head. And I forgot how like, hey, this is purple belt jujitsu. Like these guys actually know what they're doing. You know, and I like I had that like realization moment of, oh crap, we are all technically talented now. We're all doing such high level stuff, but like those styles make matches and different body types that going back to what we were talking about earlier. And, uh, you know, it, it keeps you, it keeps you humble though, for oh. sure. Well, the one you thing know? I like want to really dive into with this is the mental side of it. But yeah. before we get going, guys, yeah, we welcome, yeah. welcome to the Zach and Pat show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of diet. We just we dove just right just in. Dove right I mean, in. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> the beauty of this thing. We can do how, do it how we want to. Um, so we've got Connor Silverstein on with us today and, uh, he's a financial advisor. Uh, Connor, give us a little, little bit about yourself. A little bit about who is Connor Silverstein? Connor Silverstein. That's a depends on who's asking that question. What they would say <laughs> about me? A very energetic, intensely passionate human being that just loves to see what he can get out of life. You know, if it's business, it's how to financially inspire people. If it's training, how far can the body go? And honestly, just trying to redefine what we all can do in life, you know, um, I think this is a conversation I talk about a lot, but I think a lot of the time we're born and we start creating boxes in our own life of who we are and what we're capable of, even as much as we can see on paper out loud, like I'm not this, I'm going to, but it's like anyone can say the bumper sticker quote, but then you, you, your actions dictate what you actually believe about yourself. And so most people that know me know that. I don't think I have boundaries in my brain of what's possible. I just, till I'm dead, keep going. So. And, and to meet Connor is to know Connor. I mean, uh, we've known each other for about a year now. Yeah. And the conversations that we have are, you know, just the enthusiasm, enthusiasm that you have 
for just life in general, the way you approach life, the way you approach people, the way you approach your job. Um, you know, it's, it's admirable. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I, that I got to meet you. Um, and that we've developed this relationship over the course of this year. Feelings um, mutual. I, I appreciate that. And we're glad to have you on the show. Thank you yeah, very much. Sure. Well, you know, I, I'm, I talked about Connor on our last episode, actually. I think I referenced that. I mean, thanks to you, as you introduced me to Alex and meeting Alex, you know, kind of changed, really changed the course of my life as I was, you know, going from the restaurant industry and, and you know, kind of not really sure what I was going to do after I left there. And I was kind of lost for several months and then got my real estate license. And, you know, I told you I was, you know, working with my grandma. And then you're like, no, you're not. You're going to work <laughs> with my buddy, Alex. You know, he's, he's going to show you the way and he's going to, you know, kind of show you how to do this thing. And I mean, thankfully, you know, you made that introduction and that really changed everything for me. So that, you thank know, you. It's, it's so cool too, because he originally didn't like me at first. <laughs> yeah. And I always love bringing that up because, you know, how I am at jujitsu at times back in the day was a very different person to how I am outside of jujitsu. It's like Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. I learned to control one side of me better on the that's mat. What, that's what being a but, man is, is having those oh, two yeah. sides and being able to. To flip the switch. Oh, it's a huge switch flip. Like outside of it, I'm like, I just want to love everyone and pour into them. And I get to jujitsu and they're like, Connor's a dick on the mat. He might hurt you. And I'm (laughs) like, God, like, I'm like, I swear I'm a nice human being. I just have demons I'm dealing with. You know, I remember, I remember like, (laughs) like whoop my ass or something like when I, like when I first got started and then all of a sudden, like you're trying to like talk to me about financial planning or something in the locker. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But it's exactly what you want to talk about after you get your ass kicked. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not giving you my money. It's See, that's, just that's took my soul on the mat. That's the area where money. my brain doesn't have boundaries. Like, <laughs> yeah. and like people, I think it catches some people off guard because I can do these things and they're like, what's his agenda? What does he want? Like, what's he trying to get? And I'm like, I think, I don't know, my brain, I didn't have a normal upbringing and how I learned social skills and how to connect with people. I don't have a normal upbringing and how, or just existence and how my brain processes social connections, my brain just automatically defaults to, well, what would I want done to me? Like, how would I want to be treated? And we say that, but so often people are protecting themselves and all of that. And like, well, what if this, you know, and for some reason, my brain does not understand, well, hey man, this might not go. Like you can pour a lot and what will you get back? And my brain naturally will always default to like, well, where can this person go in their life and, and who do I know and what's the thing they need to hear right now? And I feel like I truly believe the more you just pay attention to like, how can you help someone else's life become a little bit easier? doesn't mean you have to stop your whole life and what you're doing and, you know, make them your passion project. But for the short period of time we have with each connection that we have, like, why not, if that's your last moment with them, you never know. But I just try to treat each experience like that. If that's my last hour I ever have with them, even better what than is, you found them. how do you leave them better than when you found them? Whether it's something mindset-wise, whether it's a connection, whether it's hope or faith, because life's really fucking hard. Oh, yeah. And it can be a little bit easier, like, as much as we're like, we don't need anybody. When someone like thinks about you and goes out of their way to help you, it's just like this weight lifted of, oh man, like there's no greater gift. I was seeing Alex Ramosi post about they're like, hey, you have a friend in entrepreneurship. Best gift you can get them this holiday, invest in their business mm-hmm. or do something to support them through the grind, the hell that they're going through oh, man. To, to not give up. I don't, t- well, I don't think people realize 
as yeah. I mean, yeah. as a business owner, I mean, I, I work for a company, but have a team. Um, so managing that team within a team, but both of you guys are, are, are technically, you guys are business yeah. owners, self-employed, yeah, self-employed. And, yeah, and, and Murph as well. And you guys are all, Retweet. you guys are all running businesses. And I don't think the everyday person who doesn't have, or isn't running a business or doesn't know that mindset, like how taxing that is and how stressful that can be. And, you know, that's the, one of the things we want to bring out on this podcast is, is talking about that stuff and talking about those stresses so people can understand it. And, you know, it's, it's just as simple as support. Like just, even if it's, you, you always see that post on social media, all you got to do is like share or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like that's literally as simple as it can be when it comes to supporting a friend, it doesn't always have to be mm-hmm. buying their product or using them or anything like that, but just referring them to friends and family oh, or people that, like that's the best, do. that's the best compliment or best thing that you could do for somebody that's, that's a sales or an entrepreneur is just re- refer them to people. Right. I, I always tell refer people, refer them to people, throw, you know, throw, yeah, I'm put, never, you know, repost their, their thing whenever yeah, they yeah. do it. Like, I'm never going to, I mean, you're it. always really good about sharing stuff, which is like, you know, it's just like well, the nice, it's, it takes yeah. nothing for you to do. Right. costs you nothing. You hit two little, two buttons on yeah. Instagram and it like, it makes me feel great whenever someone shares my right. stuff, you know? And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, how many more people follow you that don't follow me that could, you know, that are maybe looking for a real estate agent or maybe looking yep. for, you know, to, you know, a good financial planner or they're thinking about buying a house or, yep. you know, it's just that, that re, you know, reshare of, of a post. It's just, that means so much, even though it's so, it costs you nothing and it's yeah. so little. I always tell people yeah. too, I'm like, I'm never going to get mad if you give somebody my cell phone. Never. That would be the coolest thing that you could possibly yep. do. Always. Just give my cell phone to yep. anybody and everybody. Well, I no, think limits. It, no limits. No, <laughs> no zero. limits, baby. I think this is something I said forever ago. I was on one of my walks during 75 Hard, and I thought how often we're so quick to reshare that big, famous speaker that we, we look up to. And, you know, everyone's going to reshare the reshare Alex Ramosi, the, the Grant Cardone. The Andy Frisella. The Andy uh, Frisella. Yeah. And I'm like, what's your ratio of, resell, of resharing somebody that's already made it versus the people in your life? Because I guarantee you there's a lot of great people in your life that you believe in, that you say you believe in, that you love, and you go, I support you. When's the last time you went to their page and reshared and go, I love what this person's doing. You should check them out. It's freaking brilliant. And I think they could impact your life. Mm-hmm. And it takes seconds to do that. We're so busy. We're right. so busy. Motherfucker, all of us are busy. Yeah. Like life right. is never not like, and we're also busy by choice. We don't right. have to be, you know, to all my friends who are crushing it financially. Like if you're making at least a quarter of a million plus a year, at least St. Louis, Missouri, right. chill the fuck out. Life. You're doing fine. If right. you're still stressed by choice now, keep going because you have dreams and visions. But right. when it comes to having time to support the people in your life, that's your choice. And there's a lot of great people who would love that. And it takes just the simple action of right-clicking the same way you do for all the people crutching already. And that's the frustration I have a lot of the time is because if we're going to keep preaching things, we got to do it. And not enough people do it. And that's, that's part of the, honestly, my biggest passion project and why I share and say the things I do on my social media is because I don't, whatever you, people want to think of me, I don't care. Use me as an example then. My biggest thing is I'm hoping that we can create a shift where people actually intentionally take the time to pour into each other more, to intentionally give a shit more and actually go, how can I help you win? I don't expect anything back. Right. Right. And that shouldn't be unique. That shouldn't be original. That should be the standard. Ironically, when I started becoming faith-based, regardless of whatever people believe, I learned about who Christ was. I'm a Jewish dude. 
And I'm like, right. oh, shit, this guy's going around and helping people right. and saying, it's all good. I got you. And I'm like, wait, there's a whole faith around this shit? Yeah, Hell yeah, let's go Jesus. Uh, you know? Yeah, right? But I, I think to myself, I go, this is the shit we consume. And, you know, but we're so busy to change habits and how we can become more successful instead of how we can make our community more successful. And ironically, the easiest thing to do is just share. But yeah. at the same time, too, people also like to share what's popular and cool in the moment so they can get recognition. Get the I follow this yeah. person, too. And yeah. oh, I'm part of that community. It's like yeah, I'm into share your buddy that yeah. nobody knows about yet right. that people should know. Right. Right. Oh, it's... They all want the likes and the, all, it's just and I can't tell you how many posts I have with like one or two likes. And oh. it's some of the yeah. it could oh. be some of the best material that I put, I've put yeah. out there. Oh. But you know what? Hey, yeah, it's I mean, out there. You look at half the stuff that we've it's... done this year. Like we've done some badass looking videos and then right. we'll get like 12 likes. And well, stuff. Uh, that was a point I wanted to make, too, about being a good friend and helping your your circle market their their products and services is that give your people honest feedback, because if I produce content for everyone in this room. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but Shout out to Murph. thank you. I appreciate it. And it's a privilege to do it, but there's going to be something that maybe I think is really high quality that you guys are going to market your brands or businesses with. I expect you to tell me when you don't like it or something can be better because it's not about my feelings or the work that I put in. It's about how I'm helping you market you. I don't have a good way of doing that or the right feedback. We're going to miss somewhere on the line. So give your friends honest feedback. If they can right. get better, don't deny them that. I mean, I, I always, I always ask clients and stuff like that. Like, where could I have been better? Like, I'd rather have you give me constructive mm-hmm. criticism than be like, oh, you were great. Like, I, yeah, obviously I appreciate that and I want to be great, but I'm sure just like any of us here, you know, I'm not going to get butt hurt if you sit here and tell me that I was fucking awful. Like right. my, my job then is to process that information. Yeah. It might sting my ego a little bit, but put that shit aside and use that to get better. Yep. I mean, it, it, if you're not using the negatives to get better, like you're just going to, you're not going to go anywhere. Well, this goes back into the human psychology of people. We say this a lot, but people have fear being honest with others. And this comes down to that's more selfish than people realize because it's more about how they'll react to you, how you will feel, how it will impact you versus how you can actually make impact in this person's life. And if it's a real connection, friendship, relationship, and also the tone, I think people struggle to understand how they talk and their tone with how they talk. But the greatest showing of love for somebody is saying, hey, you know, I love who you are and I see this opportunity and I could be completely wrong. Maybe I misread you in this moment. So let's put that out there because I want you to have a chance to say, hey, you know, this was what's going on. Because sometimes we can also critique without taking the time to ask what were you going through during that season? Right. right Cause that right. can also upset someone and be like, I had no idea. That's not where I, you know, but at the same time, Hey, this is how I see things going. How, how can I better show up to help you see this so you can improve? That's called caring. That's, but a lot of people I don't think have real connections, healthy relationships in their life to have that level of communication. Right. One of the biggest, uh, the thing I love about my career the finance is great, talking finance and business with people I love, but it's really seeing people open up and how they perceive life, and they reveal a lot when they talk about their money. And I remember most people that sit down and have meetings with me know I'll talk more about their life and who they are before we even get to the money. I'm like, who are you? What's your story? And all those things. 
I remember this guy, this was five years ago, probably, and I'm diving into who he is. And he stops before he even gets to finance. He goes, you've asked me more questions about my life and who I am than my friends have in years. And like that crushed me yeah. for this guy that I'm like, damn, man. I'm like, well, screw the financial planning. Fuck that. You want to just grab coffee? Yeah. Like you need a friend, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. because Still grab lunch. I just felt I felt like kind of heartbroken on like what are relationships today? And the fact that people are even shocked of like these types of questions, like, wow, you actually want to get to know me. I'm like, well, yeah. Why, How am I gonna help? What the fuck else are we here to talk about? You know, right. I'm not here to, you know, I also don't understand surface level talking. Like, I don't know how to simple talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll do a TED talk on any yeah. conversation. But it's like we, that how we connect and build relationships, you know, is is so crucial to Absolutely. business and friendship and family and life. Because at the end of the day, I don't know, losing both my fathers, I've always, I'm obsessed with the idea of life and death and the value of time that we have. And as much as I love business and what we're building, all this stuff, all that it's like the most important layer of all of it is the relationships and the connections and the growth and people and us that's developed from it. Like this is great business and making money and traveling, but it's like, you know, like they always say, would you rather be on an Island alone or with people that you love? Like if you had all the money in the world, you're still going to want to do with the people that you care about. It always goes back to relationship and so often we can get in such a rush and we forget the value of that oh, yeah. which goes back into how we support each other and the difficulties of checking in on your friends who are entrepreneurs just because they're full of life and positive doesn't mean they're not sitting there looking at the ceiling saying the fuck am i doing can i pull this off right and then at the same aspect don't also you know don't get don't take it the wrong way if they're not reaching out to you mm-hmm. actively because of how much stuff they have going on. It doesn't mean that they don't care about you or they're not thinking about you. It's just, I mean, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you've got a million things that you're trying yep. to get through and, and in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year that can't just be patient with us. Yeah. As, as business owners and entrepreneurs, be patient if you're a friend of them and support them and they will be there in the end. And, you know, one of the, one of my best relationships was a guy that I, you know, I played, grew up with. He was one of my best friends growing up. We played baseball. He ended up playing pro ball. Um, I, w- I went to college. He signed right out of high school. And the coolest thing about the two of us was, you know, we spent every day together in the off season. Uh, we would train together and all this, but we would go our separate ways and we would connect every few months. But it was like, he never skipped yeah. a beat. Like those are the best relationships yeah, when you, you, when you get together and it's yeah. just like, you know, like some of my college buddies, that's like, we, we get together. Some of my fraternity brothers, you know, I, I don't see them nearly as often as, as I used to, but we get together and it's like, nothing's ever changed. You know, right. it's like, we're back in the, you know, the fraternity yep. house or something, you right. know, like nothing's changed. Some things have changed. <laughs> well, that's a lot of things have changed. No but, one is tied to the support beam anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's just it's funny how those, who are we hazing today? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Bows and> toes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, you, room. you, you yeah. mentioned something too, but I, and I, I think this is another reason why it, it's tough or people have a hard time giving people criticism is because you don't know how the other person on the other side of that critique is going to take it. Yeah. Most, I don't feel most people nowadays have the capacity to take criticism and use it in an effective way. They're just going to take it and like, Oh, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something too, that needs to change for sure. You know, you can't, if someone just change the mentality of it. If someone is, is there to give you criticism or in a way that like 
obviously telling it to giving someone critique. There's a, there's a way of doing that. But if you're get receiving it, take it and, and use it as a way to mm-hmm. get better. You yep. know, it, it don't use it as a way to get offended or hurt. It's going to hurt. That's the point of it. But it's also just to help you grow yep. as a person. People, that, that person cares enough about you that they want to see you do better. So they're giving you that mm-hmm. information. And it's just the people that re- sometimes the people receiving it just don't know how well, to handle a, that. It's a, well, and it's, it's a hard thing to do, too, because I think it's our natural reaction. Is, at least for me, it is because I think I think part of it's, you know, spending a decade in the restaurant industry and being like someone who kind of like would s- serve people, you know, and I'm always wanting to make their experience the best that it could be. And I always just, you know, I think my natural reaction is to tell people what they want to hear. Right. And it's like, I have to fight against that to, you know, to do exactly what we're saying and, mm-hmm. and tell people what they need to yeah. hear because that's what they need, you know? Yep. Well, at the same time too, we need people to be honest on the other end. Like it has to be a discussion, right? Oh, no one wants to be talked at. Sure. You have to have a discussion out of it. If you're going to critique someone, you need to get back to, I'm expecting them to have comments back and I'm going to be open to hearing that where you can create this opportunity to blend together so you can also better understand each other because there's the art of delivery, right? Of understanding how do I say this in a way that I'm not coming at, but saying, hey, I, I have an observation, right? And then on the other end, being like, let me hear your feedback. How do we grow? How do we come out of this? Because, you know, I want you to hear it because I think people screw the safe space, but like people need to feel like valued in their words, but we have to be very careful in how we articulate, right? We can talk, and this is coming from someone who does a lot. Sometimes I can change and shift. And and I think there's such the art in communication is one of the most important things on the planet, right? Wars are started and stopped over how we communicate. Relationships are broken over how we communicate, right? People feel understood, misunderstood, you know, people who are entrepreneurs who have busy schedules and someone feels like they're not showing up. It's like, okay, Mr. Entrepreneur, then you need to articulate to your friend, you know, like a big thing I say to a lot of friends who I'm trying to build relationships with recently is how can I better show up as a friend in your life? Right. I say that so often lately, what can I do to better show up for you as a friend and how I structure my time for you and what kind of friend you need in this season of life? Because the biggest thing I've noticed is how Many friends of mine are in different seasons or shifted into seasons I was not expecting. And they don't need the same version of Connor all the time, right? They might be like, that's the last version of Connor I want right now. And we're grown adults now. We're very very dynamic. There doesn't have to be just one version of us. And, you know, it's like, how do you show up as a husband or a father? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I show up for you, right? Logan, my business partner, I love how he goes, always ask questions. And so I think a great question in all aspects is, how can I better show up for my clients? What kind of uh, broker do you need? Agent, uh, you know, right. lender, um, financial planner do you need? And your relationships in your life, what kind of, like, how can I be a better husband to you? Like, what would that look like? Those are such fun conversations to have too, because you're like, oh, wow. like it's the most revealing. It's the most like, wow, like they really want, and it's not like, apparently I've been failing and not, you know, it's, it's the, the tone with which we ask questions. Tonality is huge. I and mean, you could be super aggressive trying to get it, but slow it down. And that was one of the, one of the best things I've learned with my business coach is he's like, just slow down. Take a second. Yeah. You don't have to be so fast to respond. You don't have to be so, you know, just take a deep breath, stay calm, think about it. You can take time to think on a response or what you're going to say. It's okay. Right. And, you know, and then proceed with it. 
And one of the greatest things that I ever heard with these tough conversations that we're having was the, the, the president and well, it was the president and owner of Cornerstone. We merged with Guild and she became our regional VP and she always called it her pineapple conversation. It's tough. It's tough on the outside. It's going to sting, but I love you on the inside. And so, um, you know, whenever, whenever she needed it, she had this stuffed pineapple. She'd throw it to you and say, Hey, I need to have a pineapple conversation with you. So I was always taught it was, it was called a shit sandwich. You give them something good, you give them the, the stuff they need to hear, and then something good. <laughs> shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to take it back real quickly to something earlier that was really on my mind when we were talking about how tough entrepreneurship is. This is something I've been really kind of sharing a lot about on my social media. Most of the podcasts or content have been, been a lot about this. And it's that, you know, being an entrepreneur is really hard. I think there's three factors to creating an environment in your own head and around yourself successful in that space. I think one is how you handle the fear, uh, the anxiety and the stress management of your self-talk, what you deserve. Do you truly believe the things that you tell yourself? You can draw charts all over the board, but do you believe that you deserve that win? Uh, Then it comes to the discipline to actually do those things. Um, when you wake up, okay, you believe it, but then your actions, your routine, your environment, maybe you're so one-sided and most of your life is just business, but your health is falling apart. Your relationships are falling apart and it's just, okay, the pie is not really being poured into. And then the third one I think is the relationships and the environment to protect how you handle the fear, self-belief, and then your discipline to get things done, right? Your environment, who you spend your time with, what you know, are you cooped up in your house all day? Are you hanging out with the wrong crowd? Are you, you know, are you surrounded by people who actually believe in you or are tearing you apart? And I think those three factors are are big make or breakers. Make what whatever you get my yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> but like those things can make or break your ability to succeed in the space of entrepreneurship. Oh, for sure. Right. Well, we touched on that last week too. You five Dear, people yeah. you surround yourself with. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, going to that is having a strong why. Why do you do what you do? Why continue to ask yourself why and get to that baseline of why it is that you wake up every morning and why the first thing you do is make the bed, then brush your teeth, and then all this before you even look at your phone, before you even start your day. Like, what is it that's driving you? For me, it's my kids. You know, it's it's changed. It's changed over the years, but for me, my why is my boys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my, I wake up every morning and I want to, my why is to show them what discipline looks like, show them what, you know, even though it's a tough, it's a grind, like this job is a grind, but showing them that persistence and consistency of never deviating. And, and so they can learn those things. I want them to have strong principles and ethics and morals and things like that. And, it starts with us and it starts with that why yep. and, and being able to, to move forward and do the, the things that you need to do to have the discipline to do what you do, the things that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That why is everything. Absolutely. Let's get back to this jujitsu stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, yeah like, I love it, that. Do you know how many people are like, Connor, Zach, can you shut up about yeah. jujitsu? No, yeah, I know. Let's, let's, talk let's go right no, no. back to no, jujitsu. No, no, it's me. Like I'm people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, I, it's you only know the greatest sport on the planet. People who do jujitsu are just kind of slightly better than others. Yeah. Right. Connor and, feels and, 
finds a way to bring it up no, no matter who we're around or oh, who it is. Oh, rates are going down? Dude, here's how I did this one arm bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's got he's to gotta bring it up. Just so, you know, I've always told Connor, it's like, all right, if we have to explain what jujitsu is, it's not the time to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't want you guys to explain no, it. My, thing, explain. my favorite thing about sports, uh, any sport, is, is the mental aspect of it. I love, because like, baseball is all, it's all mental. And all sports are mental, especially solo sports. Like, and, and we've gotten a little taste of, of your mentality on the business side of it. And I think sports is a great way. Like you learn so much from sports that you can carry over into everyday life and business. And so like I asked this Zach this last week and I think he just said, just get the motherfucker off oh, my yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mentality is. But you know, when you're going into a match, like you and in, in, into a tournament, you're having multiple matches in a day. Like, you know that this is going to be a mental grind. Like I know when I'm in the gym and I see a deadlift with 400 pounds on it, like you're sitting there thinking about it. Like what do you, you know, as a, as an athlete, as doing jujitsu, what is it when you're heading into a competition? Like, where's your head at? What are you thinking in those, in those moments heading into a, a competition of, against another person who wants to hurt? Yeah. So you know, there's some people who got into jujitsu and I think it goes back to why did you get into jujitsu? Mm-hmm. Because I think your why, as yeah. we talked about earlier, really, you got to figure out your why to do a sport like jujitsu. You don't just go, hey, you know, like, let's just, <laughs> of all things, like, let's go fight people as a grown adult, you know? Um, and that why, if you're going to get competitive, is a thing that's going to carry you because it's just like I was talking to Evan Elder and, you know, two fights ago or no, I think it was first fight in the UFC. And he, it was the first time he got hit like that. And he had a moment where he's like, Oh shit, this sucks. You know? And it's really mental at that point. Like, dude, you signed up to be a, a UFC fighter. You want to be a world champion. Like, and he like mentally was a mental while he's getting hit in the face on the canvas. And he's just like, in that moment, your why has to take over and you have to remember what you're doing this and why and who you are and what you want to get out of it. And so the biggest thing for me, my mental attitude every time I compete goes back to my why I got into jujitsu. And coming from where I grew up, knowing the kind of kid I was and then who I was in my college years, I wanted to find out just what kind of man I am when it comes to standing your ground. And there's no better way to do it than standing in front of another human being saying, who's going to win or lose in this dog fight? Who's going to tap out first and say, I quit. I can't take anymore in that moment of pressure. And there's nobody to save you. I think you come the most alive in those moments, whatever's stressing you out outside of that moment disappears and it's you in front of another grown man who's been training just as long as you who wants to do the same thing to you. And my why and my mindset is what kind of fucking man are you? I think it's one of the most freeing and most real moments that you can have that most people never get the taste because their fear of the truth of who they are is what holds them back from going all in. And the funny thing is, is prior to jujitsu, I mean, bodybuilding taught me drive. It taught me how to grind. It taught me how to put in the work discipline. Would have never been able to do jujitsu without 
my bodybuilding era. But I wasn't tough. Like I was I was the kid that got beat as a kid. I got beat up as a kid. And uh I wasn't the guy who was like, you know, but over time I was like, I might not be the baddest, but you're gonna have to kill me before I get off of you. You know, and then jujitsu. The cool thing about jujitsu is you don't have to be the toughest dude, you just have to quit. Eventually you get beat enough that you get through it and you're like, All right, I'm tough now. Like there's not a single person who's at our level that I don't look at him like, Oh, you're a bitch. No. Right. Like no They've every every motherfucker that's at this level of training has put in years of getting their ass handed to them by somebody. You know, even the top guys we know have all had moments where it's like I was the man until I wasn't. Right. There's always going to be somebody and that step ahead of you. Yep. Or there's people people come nipping at your heels too, man. That's something that like you know, there's plenty of blue, really tough blue belts at our gym. I'm coming for both you, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff. Who? Jeff Wilson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's He's, uh, 18 years old and weighs like nothing, and he just twirls around your leg, wraps you up, and tries to break your ankle. Right. Oh, you know. Dude. He's footlocked me several times. He's, oh, he's yeah. a nightmare. Well, he's yeah. just, just won silver at Worlds, yeah. you know. He and almost he won gold won, out got of a DQ'd, bullshit yeah. DQ. He should have won Worlds yeah. really? at 18 years old. That's yeah, awesome. He's, he's crazy. He's very good. But, I mean, there's, I can think of, you know, four or five blue belts at our gym. I mean, there's one I was rolling with last night. It was, yeah. you know, a handful, you know. It's yep. like, especially, like, when you get to, you know, that, I mean, that's that's kind of how it always is, is, you know, when you're, when you're the white belt, you want to tap out the blue belts. When you're the blue belt, you want to tap out the purple belts. You know, when you're purple belt, you want to, you know, yeah. you want to, you know, tap out the brown and the black. You know, it's just, you know, because it always is forcing you to get better. So, like, whenever you do, you know, level up to, you know, whenever you do get promoted and go up to that next level, like, you know, like you, you don't, you, you would not just be want to, you would not want to be given a belt that you don't deserve because, like, you're just going to be that easy purple belt that everybody wants to go, you know, go for. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a thing I realized Fuck. too. I said it, didn't I? <laughs> like eight times. God damn it. Ray, for those of you who can't see me, which we don't know when I'm getting a camera, this is producer Murph. It's going to be an ongoing joke that Zach's favorite little space in life, his little common real life, is you know. I say you so know. Everyone has you know. to. Oh, he does say that a lot. Now you're going you're gonna to notice it every wow, time. Wow. That's. Oh, and I'm really. I know. Working you know. on not saying it <laughs> as know, much. I say howdy and y'all a lot. Okay, but I you say, don't say howdy. Yeah, you don't every say howdy seconds. all the time. <laughs> I say you know because I want to fill the fucking space. It's a I comma. Can't. It's it's it's. it's, oh, it's like is that your comma. version of um? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, do, I think I say um a lot. No, you too. say you say um. You know and like I've produced thousands of pieces of content for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know when it's coming. We're working on it. I think the podcast is going to help. So yeah. all of you at home, you start hearing it. Make sure to comment down below. <laughs> That's so funny. Times take a shot for every time he says you know. Well, we're yeah. not, we're we're not, not liable. Drinking game. Yeah. We're not liable. Every time Zach hospital. says, you know, take a drink. <laughs> so I think the one thing that I notice for people who are entrepreneurial who get into jujitsu is we love, we just love challenging shit. Like no one in, who wants to be an entrepreneur like that makes it or survives doesn't like the challenge. Like we love, like I am my most productive when the pressure's on and I'm like, all right, let's grind. You know, it feels good. That pressure right. when things are easy, you're like, it, like is it, we yeah. just had this weird moment of like this is good like come on like challenge me somehow even though you don't really want it right but jujitsu is like one of those things you can't get lucky you, there's no getting lucky there's moments in deals where yeah you're putting the work and over time things happen right but 
there's going to be moments in your career where you're going to get that same deal and it just out of nowhere happens. Like it's nothing that can almost, doesn't devalue all the other hard work, but like they're like our careers are a grind and we're going to create those successes, but it's always a dog fight no matter what in jujitsu. And that's the thing that for people, that's why I always promote it to people who are in entrepreneurship because it's going to challenge their athleticism, their cardio, their brain. They're doing chess with their bodies, their long-term health, that sweat, that, that same level of grind. And then the brotherhood and the family you get, I think more people need a family that's not business related. That's not their own family with biases there. And we have a family from that. Those people that you go through all that hell with the same thing you had in baseball, but then you leave baseball eventually and you still have it. But on a day to day, as we continue in life, a lot of people don't, Oh cool. Yeah. You got your buddies, you know, at the gym here and there, but when you're on that mat, all going through that and getting broken into that person that you become that family environment, is life changing? Revive changed my life. Well, I mean, and I'm sure there's a massive level of trust that you have to have with somebody that you're rolling around with For on sure. the mat. Like the connection that you guys have to have and the trust you have to have in each other, that's only going to bring you closer automatically. Yep. Because you have to trust that other person that you're rolling with. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, we're playing a game and it's, and if you don't trust that person, I mean, they're going to snap, you're going to snap your arm, yeah, tear your shoulder, your Achilles put out. you, yeah, they're going <laughs> to put you unconscious on the mat there. And I mean, it's, you got it. You got to have a level of trust with all the people that you train with. You know? I, I don't think people realize what we're actually doing when we're there. Like they see the highlight stuff that we'll share and they're like, oh yeah, that's high level jujitsu. Like, what do you actually do? Are you just like practicing shit? I'm like, no, like what you see in those videos is what we do in our free time after a long day of working. Like mm. that's what we do at jujitsu. Like we're beating the living shit out of each other. Yeah. Zach. And just. Zach posts those videos where you do the rounds and you right. got it sped up and you like just show the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, 10, every Saturday yeah, five, we do 10, 10 rounds of five minutes. I'm like, yeah, we did, you know, every Saturday, <laughs> you know, there's a group of us, a buddy of ours has a, uh, a roofing company and he's, he basically like transformed a whole corner of his warehouse into just like a matted area. And there's a group of like, you know, anywhere from like six to 12 of us that'll show up on a Saturday. And our rule is, all right, we do like an hour's worth of rounds, you know? So it's like, like this past Saturday, there was eight people. So we did, you know, seven, eight minute rounds. So you went with one person for each, for an eight, I mean, eight minutes is a long time to be like going just at another the, human. You yeah, know? That's why I take someone's back and kill three minutes. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, like, cause well, once yeah. I get well, someone's still, back, they can't you gotta, get But you're still exerting. You got to pace, you gotta pace yeah. yourself. Oh, you got to pace yourself. But yeah. even still, like, I mean, that's, that's like a long distance runner saying we're just going <sighs> to, but you're going to cruise on certain areas. I mean, you're still exerting yeah. oh, for sure. a ton of energy and effort just to, just yeah. to try and get on someone's back and maintain it. Well, and you, and, and another thing is to, to get better at this too, is you got to, you got to take chances. You got to try new shit and you got to, you got to be okay with losing. Like right now I'm, I'm working on a, a particular like position that's new for me. I'm like trying a different it's car. It's not going to work on me. Yeah. Like I'm trying to get better at this new guard. I watched this instructional. I've been trying to, trying to implement it and I, you know, I'm just getting smashed a lot. Oh dude, it's, it's just... been so humbling. Like my last term exposed how much I need to work on my bottom game. And so I've been doing a lot of butterfly sweeps and stuff. And like, I, we all have our natural style that we go to and to put myself in these positions and some of my opponents can tell when I'm trying to go back to my old route and mm-hmm. they're like, normally goes for this. Can't do it right now. I have mm. to do this. And I get some lower level guy who's just pressuring and I'm like 
I know technically how to do it, but in a live role with that level of pressure, I'm like, shit. Right. It's right there, but he's and not doing it lose. the way he did in that video. Like, he's not doing mm-hmm. that way in the video. And I get swept and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. Go Come back to the old faithful, you yeah. know? Well, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's one thing that I think jujitsu would, I mean, I think that anybody that would try it would benefit from it is, you know, and I think everybody could use, I mean, a lot of men especially is getting, I mean, I think we've said the word several times, but being humbled. I mean, because yeah. how, how, how many times have you gone on the mat and just gotten, especially when you first start out, yeah. is you think you're like this big tough guy and you get into a room and you get, you know, that guy that looks like Jeff who's 140 pounds, you know, and he just, just destroys you. And, you know, and that's, I say it a lot. I thought I said, you know, quite no, a few I'm times. I'm saying like more too. I wasn't saying this. I was, but, uh, I was checking the camera. You'll get a verbal assault from me if you do it. <laughs> but anyway, so being humbled by people much smaller than you, I think is a really hard thing for a lot of men, especially like when you yeah, get no, out it. there and you see this little person and you're like, oh, I can beat this guy up. Yeah. And then he ends up subbing you three times in a three minute round. And you're like, oh, oh. yeah. That's like one of the, one of my favorite lines from a movie. I think it's Green Street Hooligan. Ligans with Elijah oh, Wood, so good. Where he, where one Never guy was, seen it. It's awesome. Would I like it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's about soccer and street gangs fighting each other, and Elijah so Wood. Soccer and, and street gangs fighting. It's sick. It's Trust pr- me. yeah. Soccer club. They have soccer gangs that are fighting each other. It sounds adorable. It's awesome. It is. It's <laughs> really cool. It is awesome. Did that happen here in St. Louis? And yeah. soccer <laughs> before long. Uh, well, are they doing on the soccer field? But, and they're like, hey, no, they no, like it's meet just up like, in like alley. It's yeah. like so like. The Man City team has a, a gang, and then the the Manchester United team has, has a, a gang, gang, and then the, the soccer teams play each other, but, like, after the game, the, the gangs get together and, like, fight, fight in the street. Oh, yeah. It's a badass well, movie. One of the quotes in there is, it's something along the lines of, it takes getting punched in the face to know you're not made of glass. Mm, and yeah. I was like, that's, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time, because it's so true. Like, and, and whatever it is you're doing, they're talking about being humbled, takes that little bit to know like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to just crumble and fail and go away from this. I'm going to be able to just push through this and get better. And I just think it, that's been one of those things that you guys keep talking about. And I'm, I'm ready to get, start getting into jujitsu. It's going to be more so once I can get my kids to go with me. Yeah. This is a recruiting of, session. Both, both yeah. of you guys have said, you got to go at least, get at least twice a week to get anything yeah. out of it. Yeah. Right now with the way the schedule is with the kids and, and having them and, and all that, it, once they're able to do it, I, my youngest loves loves wrestling and climbing and hitting and tackling people. So I'm like, you're going to be perfect for jujitsu. Yeah. So you're going to do that. Connor, we're just going to, hey, you're going to come and watch if you don't want to do it. But do I think it, he's yeah. going to want to. I'm going to do it. So that way, I, when I don't have him, I can come in. And then when I do have him, I can bring him yep. with me. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm able to get twice a week, not mm-hmm. more. Yeah. So well that's there's two two factors one going into you go into these roles where you have people that dear god what are they capable of and this isn't working as a when you're a kid what your body's capable of doing versus now in our 30s and you know I look at someone <laughs> oh, because they see how fast I roll and I don't you know I think I'm aging relatively well for 30 so people think I'm in my mid 20s sometimes when we're rolling and I'm like no I'm 30 like I don't recover the same as you my right. shin's still jacked up my knee my left ankle you know you feel like a spring chicken just because I'm moving doesn't mean I'm not in pain the whole time you know right and so like having your body show up for you so shout out to all the people who are doing all the stuff during their day-to-day and don't just get to be like oh 
all I have to worry about is jujitsu today and right. think about it all day. Like we have so many other responsibilities, right? right? Yeah. So that's, that is one factor too. You know, ironically enough, I'm wearing Josh McKinney's gear today. I suck at jujitsu podcast that he has. And I love it because I, you know, I love seeing some people who are new to it. And there, there are moments when they first get into like, this is fucking awesome. Like, let's go. They're motivated. And then they hit that. There's a guy at our gym who's finally loves quoting like, do you know what percentage make it to black belt and how many get their blue belt? One of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And he's just, he's just drinking the Kool-Aid, you know? <laughs> I actually called him out yesterday. He was critiquing some of the blue belts. He's like, hey, you know this? And I go, is that a white belt giving advice on? And he's like, I'm saying it just like Nick and Junior would. And I'm like, I'm sure you are. Like, I had to give him some shit, but... He he went through a season where he was just like, I'm burnt out a little bit. You know, I'm tired. Another buddy of mine who's a purple belt, dude, I'm burnt out right now. Because it's it's like the same thing with anything in life. You do it long enough, you're going to have seasons you fucking love it. You have seasons where you love it, then you show up, your body doesn't perform, you leave, you, you know, you're just bummed because there's so many components that have to work for you to perform at the level you know you're capable of. Is How's your mental fatigue? How's your drive that day? Are you too drained to actually put technical things together? Is your body drained? Is it physically going to show up? Do you have, like, there's so many components. And then on top of that, you know, we've been doing it for many years. I've been going on almost eight years now. I, th- I don't even know how long I've been doing it at this point since, you know, honestly, I started my career in financial planning. Um, but as much as I've done it, it's so funny how many moments I'm like, holy shit, I suck at this whole plethora of stuff. Like I know how to technically do, I can educate, but to perform it, it's just like how I've never had a sport with such a high ceiling that I could do this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like there's black belts and then there's black belts who are a decade black belt. That's a whole level. Like becoming a black belt in jujitsu in the real world, you're 1% of 1%. You could take Mm -hmm. most people's, you could take most people's lives. Being a brand new black belt in a world where we got, you know, your juniors, your Nick right. Sanders, your Kyle Watson, these guys who mm. are like a decade as a black belt, right. you know. Well, they say that the journey starts at black yeah. belt, you know. So yeah. it's like once you get there, that's when that's when you're really beginning, which is kind of wild, to, wild to say. But right. yeah, I think the best way what I'm learning right now is because there's, each belt has a different stage of what you're trying to work through is by the time you get there. Your brain is, has fully matured in your ability to figure out what do I need to work on to continue to excel in my career? Is it my athleticism today? Is it I need a, I want to be creative in this space? Is that I want to, you know, there's, there's so many complexities to it that your brain has fully matured and how to prevent those roadblocks of like, how do I want the rest of my journey to be? Like, it's just like the development of a human being and a, the manifestation of a sport is white through black. And it's such a long journey. Like you don't just grow into that human overnight. That's why other martial arts, it's just a few years to get there. And jujitsu is one of the longest journeys mm-hmm. to get to that level. Anyone who has a black belt didn't just do it for a few years. You know, they've been doing it most likely for at least a decade. So it takes about, I mean, average 10 years or so to get a black belt from what it, yeah, and it's crazy. That's and I, a lot. and I, I, love, I love watching UFC fights where you've got guys that are just masters in Mm-hmm. Just specialist. Yeah, just like they're so technical. Yeah, anybody can stand there and pound the shit out of people. But like the technical side of it, watching these guys like slither around other guys like a snake and mm-hmm. just just be so methodical and so technical. 
Like those are some of my favorite fights. Like, Charles Oliveira. Yeah. yeah. Lay there just, and, oh yeah. I'm not going near that. No, yeah, yeah. No. Who was that? Was it Gaethje or who did he? Who wouldn't go down on top? It was. Of him. It was Gaethje. And then he's like, I'm not coming he down was there. And then he didn't <laughs> go down because I think his fight before. Oliveira literally was on the ground, and the next second he's wrapped around the guy and taps him out. Yeah. Khabib. Oh, no. it was. Was it not? Oliveira didn't fight Khabib. No, 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 I was talking about Gage. Oh Gage no, but Oliveira, Oliveira literally was like, and that's what's so sick is it's like, hey, as long as you can take a hit, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, look at that fight again, like Michael, the one he had with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler came out and was just Hot. pounding right. him in that first first round. And the Oliveira was taking it, taking it, taking it. And that second round, he just he ended up getting his back. Like, yeah, I think he, he got his back choking and him, choked him out. Yeah. No, no, no. Chuck, uh, Oliveira knocked him out. Was it? Yeah. I thought there was a at one Oliveira point, knocked out. He almost well, he, got knocked he's got the most submissions in the UFC history. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a badass stat. I, I love too. There was a there was the uh, uh, IBJJF Illinois. I think it was somewhere out there. And there was a bunch of Brazilians in my weight bracket that showed up, all dying their hair. Blonde. Yeah. blonde. And <laughs> I was like, what is going on in the, the Midwest thing, of yeah. the United States? We got a bunch of bleach blonde Brazilians coming out to Illinois to choke us out. You know, that's terrifying. That's too funny. Oh, it, was, it cracked me up. Oh, yeah. man. Cracked me up. Well, Connor, anything else you want to want to touch base on while we got you here today? I, I might, my, my thought, because of energy that you have, I feel like you're going to be the Burt Kreischer to the. To our show, like everybody's. We can't have, find have, a guest. We just call Connor. At least don't start <laughs> drinking on site. Yeah. Oh gosh! Uh, so my my last thing I want to say is my uh, new favorite quote that I randomly said a few days ago, and I don't know if there's a better way to articulate it. And I think this could help a lot of people, especially if they're struggling in life. Is the best thing about being a loser is you have nothing to lose. And what I mean by that is that we have this, when you're in, like, when, when you start accomplishing things, you start putting pressure of what if I fail? What if I lose this? What if I lose this? So that's one battle. But for all the people out there who are feeling inadequate in whatever aspect it is of their life, like, you're already at the bottom. You go for it. You, okay, you're, you just give me right back where you're at, right? right? Where else to where else go? And if, if you just tell yourself, if you really feel like a loser and you are inadequate in whatever department, like what do you have to lose? The right. irony of that is that the only way is up. And so I say, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. I think that's Absolutely. a perfect way to end it. Sure. Yeah. Oh. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, like, subscribe. If and you uh, live in St. Louis too, and you have an option between Watson's and Revive. Revive is probably a good choice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're both I great believe, gyms. Both great gyms. I believe Depends this on what tag part. team BJJ. This, this, this table is going to be moved for a mat. Yeah. Before, <laughs> those words keep well, going. I think we're going to turn the downstairs into a playroom and we're going to yeah. mat the floor. So Kyle, yeah. there we, Kyle's there. like, you want to come back for open mat? You, you, you ever want to come back here, sir? Right. Next podcast, Murph and I are just going to be sitting on the sidelines and you guys are going to be rolling yeah. on the ground. I feel like I've recruited more people to Watson's lately than Revive. Like, I literally am like, they're like, I live in the city. Go to Watson's. And I'm like, I think there's a few new guys there now because I'm like, hit up Zach, go to Watson's, revives 35, 40 minutes away. I get it. Like, why are you there? I'm like, long story. Junior cut my face open and I signed up. <laughs> True story. So anyway, till next time. Till next time, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya.